Welcome to Ah Crap, a Hellboy podcast, the show dedicated to the half-demon hero, hosted by me, Mark David Christensen. And me, Kate Thompson. Yeah! (laughs) (laughs) It's never felt cooler. uh, Season four, uh, just for our listeners and our viewers right now, because we are recording live on Instagram um, on Saturday the 28th. we did postpone our season four um, just because, and here's my, here's my, just my reasoning behind it. Yeah. We were right at the cusp of jumping from Mignola artwork into um, Duncan's. And I honestly, <laughs> this is my little hope that we will get over this giant coronavirus pandemic and our world will be changed, but we also will be able to record again together. So I just think that Duncan Ferreira's work we need to be in the same room to discuss. That's just how I feel. Kate. I mean, I don't know, man. We'll see. I mean, if this works well enough, like, I'm not, like, opposed to do it. Like, it would be, of course, way, I would way prefer to do it, yeah, in the same room and talk about it and stuff. But I don't know, man. I don't know when we're going to do that. I don't either. That's why, but that's why I was like, okay. That's my dumb brain telling me that's how we should do it. For I don't think that's dumb. I, I mean, it's definitely the, I would definitely prefer to talk about it with you in person. But I mean, the governor said like two months for California that this shit's going to happen. Yeah, exactly. It's going to take fucking forever before we can actually do this in a room. And then I was reading like human testing, human testing for a vaccine takes like 14 months. So yeah. this shit could be going on for, oh, for a while. Yeah. What what do you think? What's the point where you would be like, okay, let's just record it separately and send it to each other? Great point. I would say the reason I'm trying to give out hope that, that our world will go back to some normalcy or like equal to what we've had before. That's why I decided to pull out the weird tales because there are several of these short stories. Uh, and it's a good, to me, it's weird. We're in weird times. Let's deal with the weird tales. Let's do the weird tales. <laughs> it's not considered canon, these storylines. So it's us putting a pause on like the normal Hellboy storyline and then filling up our time with these weird tales. So to me, my, my ideal situation is that we finish all the weird tales or at any point, the weird tales just fill up until we can get in the room together. Okay, cool. That's, that's my hope. I mean, if uh, it's just you and me, that's pretty limited, if, you know, contact and shit. Yeah. Yeah. But again, I'm probably going to have to pivot once we hit the end of Weird Tales. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe our listeners will demand that we move on from them since they're not canon and yeah. a lot of people apparently don't like them. I um, mean, I mean we'll get into it, but I can We will get into yeah. it. Yeah. Maybe we'll have to just, you know, go to this. And it might not always be live. I just thought it would for this since we've been off for like 2 weeks, it'd be fun to go live. Yeah. We might, you know, have to change over to Zoom. I might have to get a Zoom account. <laughs> I don't have one. Just so it makes it a little more easy. But I don't, uh, for audio-wise, I want you to always have a mic. And yeah, so for forth. sure. I'm very particular about all that. But And again, I'm, again, the whole Duncan for Greater thing is also just putting like a, a seed of hope that we do have during all these weird times that at the end there's a light. You know what I mean? Okay, Maybe, so you want it to be... It's as like as an... shitty as it is, I still want to have hold out hope that we'll go back to some normalcy because shit, the world is crazy, but we... You know, it's pretty weird. I think we'll get we'll get it. I don't I don't have a timeline, but we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get to it. Yeah. Ooh, Josh Brooks says he loves 
I love some of the weird tales. Yeah, I think hear. it's, I mean, it's such a wide range. I agree, Josh. Like, some of them are cool. Some of them were really cool. And then some of them were, yeah, some of them were okay. <laughs> yeah. I can see why they're uh, not, like, considered canon. What's up? Did you read all of them? No, no. I did kind of browse through. I, I read the three that we're going to cover today, but then um, I sort of, like, I weirdly, skimmed through the rest. What? I sort of skimmed yeah, through. I haven't, I haven't read them all. I, I weirdly was like, oh, yeah, I remember those weird tales. Cause I had bought the trades, but I don't think I ever cracked them open. Maybe I might've done the thing where I skimmed them realizing they're not part of the main storyline, just set them down and said, I'll come back to them. So I honestly think this will be a first reading for both of us, Kate. Sweet. <laughs> should we wait? Oh wait, did you say, should we crack right into them or what are we doing first? Oh, <laughs> uh, I have a, I think we might, uh, I have an email we can cover. Cool. Well, I wanted to get to this first. This is, uh, you know, I can't remember what the segment is for the movie now because not Hellboy 2019. It's more like hell on the screen. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's very funny during this pandemic thing. I don't know if this is just because news, but uh, the headline I'm pulling, a bunch of people posted about this, but I'm pulling directly from SlashFilm.com. The headline is the Hellboy reboot failed because of angry fans of the Guillermo del Toro movies according to David Harbour. <laughs> he, I love he's finding excuses. He just won't admit like, you were in a bad movie. It's okay. Right. And, uh, I mean, I guess he can't. He said, via, via screen rant on Instagram, David Harbour said, because I think he was doing a live, like um, a live recording or like interview on Instagram live and Hellboy got brought up. So this is what he had to say. Oh, okay. Real quick. I want to see Josh Brooks says almost seemed like the stories Hellboy would, would tell other agents while on a stakeout or while traveling to a mission. Yeah, I cool can totally see that. What our weird tells, but we'll get to that in a moment, Josh. So this is what David Harbour said in his interview and asked about Hellboy and the film's sort of fit uh, failure. He said, I think it failed before we began shooting because I think that people didn't want us to make the movie. And for some reason there was a big Guillermo del Toro and Ron Perlman created this iconic thing that we thought could be reinvented. And then they certainly the loudest of the internet was like, we do not want you to touch this. And then we made a movie that I think is fun and I think had its problems, but it was a fun movie. And then people were just very, very against it. And then that's people's right. But I learned my lesson in a lot of different ways. That's what he said. Yeah. I mean, I do think we, a lot of fans, I don't know if you saw online, Kate, but yes, I do think a lot of people were immediately like assholes about them not giving Guillermo del Toro and Ron Perlman a third movie. Yeah. And also it's like, you don't, you don't know behind the scenes what it takes to make a fucking movie sometimes. Yeah, and I'm uh, sure I'm sure Del Toro also maybe became a lot more expensive. Like now, you know, especially sure. now, like after winning an Oscar, it's like he's not going to be cheap. It's going to be, yeah, you're going to have to pay all those guys so much more. Yeah, and he's going to want a bigger budget on top yeah. of his his fee because yeah. he's probably like, well, now I can, I can make the movie the Hellboy version. I did what I wanted, but now I can go further with it. You know, exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. That's assuming that. I mean, did he want? Did he? He wanted to make a third one, right? Like it wasn't like I he, heard. I think we talked about this. You could correct me if I'm wrong, uh, but he did want to make it. But then I think time there was like such a big gap 
of them not making it that he said he got he got distracted by other stuff and became more interested. So by the time it came around of any like even Lionsgate or whatever wanting to do it, it just seems like he got bored of it. He was like, "Hey, I I moved on." Yeah, and he and he did. He had I mean, shape. He got a fucking best picture and best or not best was it best picture? I can't remember. Uh, I don't think so. Is it was it best picture? I don't think director. So. I can't remember either. The shape dude. of Water. He got him best director. I know that. BFG cosplay. Agreed. The new Hellboy had its issues, but was a solid film. I think they could have picked a stronger comic storyline. I think if they, well, they I think if they stuck to line. one, yeah, I, I totally, I totally agree. Like a stronger comic storyline. I think like, I think like some of the ones that were in there were really strong. And if they had focused on any one or two of them, I think the movie would have just been more like straightforward and just made more sense. Like there's less you have to explain if you're going to like, if you're going to like four different countries, five different countries and like introducing a ton of new characters and stuff like it's a lot to explain it's a lot to have to like front load into the movie and yeah like simplify that shit i 100 percent agree and also i just i just want to defend i mean fans are shitty let's just be honest nerd culture is fucking insane yeah but i don't think that the movie failed simply because of that one thing i think they just didn't make a hundred percent solid movie it had too many flaws that didn't make an audience because I do think that several times in we've seen, I don't have an example off the top of my head, but I do think reboots that people are skeptical of can persuade people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where people are like, well, uh, I didn't like the last one. And then they go and you're like, well, I did like the next one. You know what I mean? I think that happens. I think you can, can I think you, if you put in the right work and you do a great job, you will persuade all the geeks and the nerds in the huge Hellboy fans that were like diehards about the Guillermo del Toros. Yeah. That's just my thought. I don't know. I probably brought up this. <laughs> everybody, everybody that makes movies should read Sidney Lumet's making movie, making movies book because he has the best point of view about it. Like he's just like, sometimes it worked out. Sometimes it didn't, but we always tried our best. <laughs> like, <laughs> fans yeah, hate like it until exactly. it's good Heath Ledger prime example yeah I think that's a yeah. great example everybody was like fuck that we don't want Heath Ledger to do that and then we fucking fucking creamed all over that performance <laughs> 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 I was waiting for a second I was like did this like glitch out and then you were just searching your brain for the word creamed creamed yeah, because we creamed all know, over it. <laughs> I like the Dark Knight as much as anybody else. Its third act is a little bit messy. Come on, but I still love it. But nerds creamed over it for a whole year. Yeah, <laughs> still they still cream. They still cream. That's very true. They still cream for a Heath Ledger Joker. Uh, great. Well, I have something. Should we tackle an email and then move on to the weird tales? Yeah, that sounds good. Great. So this comes from Dan, the self-proclaimed official model maker of the Aw crap. A Hellboy podcast. We've he's great. You should check him out. You can check out his stuff on Instagram. That's at sci-fi i underscore models underscore and underscore stuff. So this um here's a picture that he shared with us, and I'll share on our Instagram feed. But Dan says, Hey guys, hope y'all are healthy and staying sane during all the crazy shit going on right now. I'm bummed that you guys are putting the pot on hiatus. I know we are too. But I don't blame you. My work schedule is all kinds of fucked up. 
But on the plus side, this gives me a ton of time to work on my hobby. That's his sculpting. And then he says, as of a form of self-care, I picked up a really nice Hellboy kit and thought I'd share it with you. I'm hoping it breaks up whatever kind of COVID monotony y'all are dealing with and brings us all back together to the comic we love. Anyway, here it is. So this is, I'm going to hold this up. Hopefully you can see it, Kay and people. It's like a Cronin from the movies. Sweet. Yeah, like full bust model. Look, It looks awesome. I will post it on our feed after we're done recording today. He says, I know you're not big fans of the movie. I think we're, I think Kate's a big fan of the first Hellboy movie. I like the Del Toro movies a lot, yeah. Yeah. And one of the things I've always felt conflicted on is the portrayal of the character Cronin. In the comics, he is largely an important science lackey, a sort of play on the Igor archetype. And he pretty much lives and dies without pomp and circumstance. If I recall correctly, I think he actually dies twice, once in Conqueror Worm, and then again after reappearing without explanation in Hell on Earth, slash devil you know. We're not there yet, so you're probably right. I'm not sure. The movie, as you well know, took a different take on the character and made him a clockwork ninja. Love that phrasing for some reason. It's pretty accurate, yeah. Yeah, and I I actually really didn't mind Guillermo's creativity on that character. character. You know what I mean? It was a cool visual. I think his I think the only thing I disliked about it was listen to the other podcasts or episodes about the movie. It's just I don't like Guillermo's del Toro's like action so much when it's just like him spinning swords but not really doing anything. That's a whole different issue. But his design of Cronin, I'm 100% on board with. Yeah, his design's so good. I agree. And then he says, anyway, hope to have you guys back on my podcast app soon because I need to hear yeah. what you two think about Hell on Earth. We are so far away from Hell on Earth. One day we'll get there. Which, in my opinion, yeah, is where BPRD turns from okay to great. So that's awesome. That's good to know because I already like BPRD. Yeah, I already like it too. So I'm like, ah, can it get better? I'm excited to see it get better. Yeah. He says, take care and stay safe out there. Dan, the self-proclaimed official model maker of the Ah Crap, a Hellboy podcast (laughs) at sci-fi I underscore models underscore and underscore stuff. Everybody check him out. But that is a wonderful email to receive. That was great. Yeah, I would say he deserves that title. Can't wait to share it with all of our uh, followers and online the the image of your your bust. What did you say? Uh, I just saw my friend Julia just hopped in the Instagram. (laughs) I love it. I love it. You're so excited. I'm excited for all these people here. Thank you. Thank you for watching us record. On this Saturday, I'm going to get a fucking tripod like you, dude. But this felt like the right thing to do for our first one back during these weird times. I have another email, but we're going to save it for another episode just because it's more about 2019. And I think it's funny, but we'll, 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 we'll pocket that. But so let's get to some weird tales, huh? Yeah, man. <laughs> weird again, tales. All those that are on Instagram watching, if you have any uh, major comments about anything, or questions for us. Uh, we're going to save that till near the end of the episode. And we'll open that up to you. And we'll we'll take those before we wrap up. So we're going to start. Again, I apologize, Kate. You had a different version. I expected them to like put it in the same order. I was wrong. Oh, no. It's totally fine. We found out what it was. So it's all we're good. We're going to go in the order of the two original trades that collected them. So we're, we're starting with volume one. 
I, I kind of like, I don't know. Have you seen this? I really like this. Yeah, like, yeah. This, like, it's pretty uh, fucking cool. Who did this? I can't remember. Is this Cassidy? I don't know. I got to look that up. I, I'm bad on not doing my research on who did that. Um, probably somewhere in this book tells me, but yeah. I can't remember. I think in the beginning it has a list of, it like credits everybody who contributed to the book. Such a cool, I just like all their stance of all the characters that we love. Yeah. Cover art. Edited collection design cover art by Mike. I don't think that's Mike, but that's the oh, it's meaning the collection. Oh cover. yeah, yeah, the cover. Durr, durr. <laughs> I don't think there's anything that stood out with Scott Alley's introduction. Did you see anything that you stood out? It was mainly just they wanted to give him give it a try because they. It's fun that a lot of people were just wanting to do stories like artists and writers really wanted to touch on the character and do their own little take. I wonder how much Mike was like allowing or like how much like, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's, it's hard to say like decisions that are made for like movie promotion are like weird sometimes. Like I wonder if that had anything to do with it to like put the movie out. Cause he talks about the movie a little bit in the introduction. He's like, these are around because of the movie kind of. Yeah. They're 2000. I mean, they're more closely. When did the first one come out? Kate? The first like issue of Weird Tales. Mid, uh, well, Midnight Cowboy was published in Hellboy Weird Tales number two. Number two, okay. When did the first one come out? Number one. First one was February twenty six. Oh, what the fuck? February twenty six, two thousand three. The fuck did I just say? Oh yeah, well, it, okay. I mean, that makes sense. So it's like maybe, yeah, it was it fe- February all in two thousand three, because this this collection was. Released in November of 2003. So that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. It looks like it was just all throughout 2003 and like early 2004. They were doing right. weird tales. So I can totally see like it's like hell. Easy way to get the character out there and the zeitgeist more with the movie and whatnot. Having other artists do little shorts. Yeah. We'll jump in. Let's just talk about Midnight Cowboy. Can you give us a little who who did that? Yeah. Written and illustrated by Eric Powell. Uh, lettered by Michael Madsen, edited by Scott Alley, and yeah, originally published Hellboy Weird Tales number two in April 2003. It's like an, a cute, st- like, hold on, let me pull this shit up. <laughs> it's like dealing with like young cute. Hellboy on uh, on like one of the air bases, which is cute as shit already. I like Eric Powell's um, young, like young Hellboy. I think he... I like I like his design for him. Yeah. Yeah, I think he like he stayed pretty faithful to like the Mignola sort of design but in a way that's like still fun and distinctly his own. And yeah, I liked his like demented dogs and stuff too. I thought those looked really great. A uh, real quick uh great uh shout out from um Scroll A.W. Scribbler. Um, you guys should check out his art on Instagram as well. He, I, I was trying, I was racking my brain to figure out Scroll where I know Eric Powell from, and he's Eric Powell of Goon. Amazing book. So I've never read Goon. Have you read Goon, Kate? I have read like a couple of random issues. Like I, I just, I, it's like one of those ones that I just bought for the art. I was like, oh, this is great. But I was like. I could tell that it had gone. It has like a long history, and I was like, "I'm just gonna buy these issues because I think they look cool, and maybe I'll catch up on it later." I, sh- I really should, because now I have yeah, I, nothing but time. We do. We should just get on some hoopla and read Goon. Fuck yeah! I got Spawn the other day. How far are you into it? Not very far. I got to like the second issue or something. Okay, I think the first five, maybe 
there's like the first McFarlane ep- issues are good. He has a bunch of guests come in up until like 11 or something. Uh, a lot of the early stuff's good. I think as soon as he gets into like the 20s and 30s, it's uh bad. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Story, just like it gets like stupid. insane. And he has like a concept he just throws out, which is really funny. Just so Spawn can use guns. <laughs> I was going to say, I've heard, I don't know this is true or not. I've heard from a couple of my friends that are big comic book heads. And they say that Goon, they consider Goon just a flat out ripoff of Hellboy's concept a bit. Like the Oh, world. really? Yeah. Like I, I've heard that, that like, like Goon, they just pretty much just, the guy just wanted to be Mignola. Mignola. So I don't know if that's true. Haven't read it. It's just what I've heard. I mean, I didn't, I, I think of the three that we've read, the three weird tales that we're going to cover today, I think I liked his the best. I would agree. Yeah, I think he does like, I mean, if he's, you know, if you're going to be, yeah, yeah, I think if you're, if you're going to, uh, scroll saw scribblers telling us it's not a ripoff, because I, I think he's like, he does have his own style that's distinct, and I think his writing is the best of the three that we've read, like, I, I think he gets Hellboy's voice. So if you're going to, I mean, if you're going to rip somebody off or, or just like um, admire somebody enough to be inspired by them in your own work, I think like Mignola, you could do worse than like Mignola. The ripoff would be Eric Powell's Hillbilly. Is that a different title? I think that sounds like it's a different title. And then Josh said, I'd agree in parts. Goon is basically Hellboy. Without the depth of story. Cool. I got to read it. Sounds like we have some reading to do. Yeah, dude. I'm going to read it today. I'll stop reading Spawn. A quick like synopsis of what how, what happens in Midnight Cowboy. Yeah, yeah. So, so basically Hellboy and his dog are just kind of like... Hellboy sees like this huge thing getting brought into one of the airplane hangars. And he asks if it's a circus because he's a little kid. And he wants to check it out. He's like a little kid in the 40s and the circus is the best fucking thing in the world. And he's like, uh, he's told by one of the generals, like, don't go in there. You're not allowed into this hangar. He like later that night sneaks in. He's like, come on, Mac. I hear they have hot dogs at the circus and like sneaks in anyway. It's like a bunch of like either really like like really fucked up people or alien like humanoid aliens in these tubes. Yeah, I assume they're aliens. That's what I assume. Yeah, yeah. I would think so. Because it's also like New Mexico. Area 51. Somewhere in New Mexico. And, and the there's like a spacecraft that's dripping like green goo. And Mac Mac runs over, starts licking the goo, which is exactly what my dog would do. And then Mac immediately starts mutating into this like crazy like the thing kind of creature. Hellboy's trying to cover it up, as a little kid would do. He slams it a bucket on his head and throws him in the locker and tries to hide. <laughs> and then as the rest of the like, the like army guys run up, why hello fellow army guys, nice night for doing army stuff and securing things, isn't it? Like he's just like adorable getting caught. Yeah, Roswell for sure. The, this is like almost certainly Roswell. And then yeah, he gets kind of like. A talking to because he snuck into the hangar even though he was told not to and then they hear his dog his dog bashes out and it looks like fully morphed into a huge tusked many-eyed mignola-esque thing busts out of the locker knocks hellboy over hellboy lassos him with a chain 
and gets dragged around New Mexico for a little bit, like gets dragged around the base for three hours until he finally tires out. I think he got dragged out to the desert, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then Mac pukes up all the green stuff, falls asleep and feels a lot better. Um, We see the general or one of the. You know, one of these like high ranking officials talking to Trevor Broom, like telling him what's going on. And then Hellboy tells in like a one long run on sentence what happened. This like like uh, I think like his little kid writing is really, really good. He like just has this big, long rambling story. Hellboy, no more Gene Autry for you. Like he's just like watches too many cowboy movies or something. Trevor's yeah. like, that's enough. <laughs> he likes adventures. Very fun. It's adorable. It's a very simple, fun. It's exactly when I. Picked up this thing, what I would expect for these short stories. Yeah, it's like what you'd want. It's just like a cute, it's like a fun, quick thing. Yeah, and it's a story that doesn't seem to change anything about our main character. Yeah, just a a little bit of informing. It's awesome. Yeah, I really, I really enjoyed it. Do you have any favorite? I mean, I'm assuming your dialogue is maybe that run on sentence. Do you have any favorites on this one of favorite panels or favorite dialogue from this? I think, yeah, I really like Hellboy trying to put a helmet over his horns and trying to make an excuse like hello fellow army guys like i think that's great and adorable that's probably my favorite part i like um i like on uh like when, right before he like smashes the bucket onto the dog's head there's like a panel of him just with his mouth wide open screaming and i really like the teeth in that shot like i think it's really cool looking that's good he just has like spit coming out of his mouth and like you see like all the little crevices of his teeth it's just like a fun drawing what about you (laughs) i think i gotta i really love the panel right below the bucket head where he says he's gotta hide and it's like yeah i like that too where he's like yeah i like the uh the like action lines of it are very like it's fun the motion blur that eric powell's added to the hands is really cool there's a lot of good movement there it has a little like it just adds a little bit of slapstick feel to the whole thing yeah totally liked and enjoyed (laughs) and i don't know i just like i like the panel when he first sees mac has mutated and he just says oh darn because it's just very early uh, Hellboy vernacular before he decided he could swear. <laughs> yeah, before he, before even crap came along. Like, oh, darn. Instead of damn, it's darn. He threw out darn. I really like that. This is his... Eric Powell's style is something that I would love to see animated in a Hellboy. Like, if you did, like, an early days of Hell... Wait, what did you say again? Like, early days Hell... Like, I would love to see, like, an animated series, sort of like Young Indiana Jones, but for Hellboy... But in Eric Powell's style, it'd be really fun. I think. Oh, his days on the uh, <laughs> for his days on the uh, the the military camp. That would be cool. I'd watch the shit out of. Oh, I love this. Josh just said, "Oh darn, a Hellboy podcast. The Hellboy podcast for younger folks. For young fans. Very good. This also makes me immediately think of a movie I find terrible, but it just it immediately has is like." Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull it feels like because at the start they're out of military camp they find aliens and then it goes from there and that's like what this is the beginning of the first act of that movie Andrew says oh brother a who a hell bo- a hell poo podcast oh my god get off of here stan you little rascal that's the winnie the pooh hellboy crossover oh i like that that'd be fun i would love i would love to see somebody create art of Hellboy in the classic, original Winnie the Pooh uh, style, that'd be f- 
fucking cool. Like a nice little like uh, watercolor or something. Yeah, those little and all the old illustrations, not the Disney one, the originals. But like Hellboy characters, that'd be cool. Let's give it a shot. Well, yeah, I think that one, Midnight Cowboy, is very fun. Yeah, I liked it. What's next, Haunted? Yeah, we're going to now go into Haunted. You want to give it, tell us about Haunted? Yeah, yeah. So that one was written by, uh, Haunted is written by Tom Snigoski and illustrated by Ovi Nadelku. Nadelku. Colored by Ovi Nadelku and Michael Madsen, or Michelle Madsen, excuse me, not Michael Madsen the actor yeah Ovi Nadelku and Michelle Madsen colored lettered by um, Michelle Madsen and edited by Scott Alley originally published in Weird Tales number four August 27th 2003 I wonder why your version like skips around so much chronologically I don't know I mean I I I don't know if we've talked about this I think we have a little before the recent omnibuses I honestly think the Hellboy collections are fucking confusing. Yeah, I wonder what the decision making is where they're just like putting. I think in I think in mine, they might be in chronological order. Ah, you're probably. Yeah. In the omnibus version. Yeah, it's like a full. It's like all of them. Yeah. Rather than like a one volume, two volume thing. Yeah, I don't I don't know. It's just I don't know who I don't know what their decision making is when they collected them to the order wise. It, It is. And again, I think a lot of Hellboy is very confusing. Unless it's a major storyline, all the middle ground stuff in the original collections is very hard to follow. That's why a lot of people like our prior guest, Hector Navarro, said it was like hard for him to find an entry point in, even though I would just say Seed of Destruction. He loved the new Omnibus collections because they seem very clear on how to follow the story yeah so haunted haunted's like another fun sort of like freak of the week kind of story for hellboy like a day in the life working for bprd and it kind of it just opens with a wide shot of this house as the bprd car pulls up two agents are there i like at first i was like what's up with these agents like they just have really distinct um looks (laughs) yeah their looks are really distinct like it reminds it's a it's a it's a intentionally way more cartoony version of Hellboy it reminds me a little bit of like Clone High or Johnny Bravo or something like that where it's like that's a those are grave references for how this feels I agree they're just like super distinct um silhouettes which is like a big thing in cartooning like you want to have a character have its own very distinct silhouette you can like a kid can like recognize the silhouette really fast and that's like one of the fundamentals of cartooning So I'm sure like this guy is probably, you know, regularly a cartoonist. He Oh, I'm looking him up and it looks like Tom is more of the writer and Ovi is like a character designer. That totally makes sense because this shit looks like um, it also reminds me of like Emperor's New Groove a little bit. In like the way that the characters like mouths are shaped, like the sort of like... Kind of like yes, uh, super curviness. Like, like that era after like the old era of cartoons, it was like the new era of cartoons, like Dexter's Laboratory and all that, where they're very like clear, sharp edges in animation. Yeah, super angular characters. Um, but I think it totally works. I think like you know, like I think, and I I also like uh, if Tom's the writer, I like his writing of Hellboy too. Like he, he's like a little more curmudgeonly than we might've seen, but you don't know, like sometimes Hellboy is that way. Like he's a little, you know, 
so like I'm sure his like jokes don't always come across as jokes. Sometimes people might be like, Hellboy's a dick. <laughs> but I think in this one he's really funny. He they're investigating this like haunted house that the BPRD has wanted to take a look at for a long time. One of the BPRD agents asks him, Nervous? This is this is your first haunting investigation after all. Yeah, I'm all a flutter. See you in a bit, as he like walks up the stairs to this fucking mansion. <laughs> He's not worried about it at all. He's like, whatever, this is going to be another day. I think there's a little like Mignola homage. I mean, obviously, like inherently it's going to be Mignola homage because it's uh, his title and characters. But I think with this little like inset of a stony gargoyle face looking uh, like this little oh, tiny yes, panel. Very much. Yeah, I think that that's like a nice like here. Look, we're doing a Hellboy story. So we have to have a little like insert of the environment. It's cool. Yeah, he goes into this like palatial mansion and already, if you're looking, you can see the little like cat ghost that appears throughout the story, like on the banister. Hellboy pulls out his like Ghostbusters pack to try to detect where the ghosts are and it immediately explodes. Um, so he's walking around. He's like, yeah, Must I don't see any ghosts. <laughs> yeah. Ghosts. Oh, I also like this little shot, too. He pulls out the equipment and he takes a look at it with like a kind of like upturned eyebrow ghost radar dish and he gives like this is what really reminded me of like dexter's lab or johnny bravo or something where he like looks at the he like buzzes the camera and like breaks the fourth wall kind of and you can almost hear the like cartoony blinking sound like the blink blink like you can almost hear that yeah <laughs> where he's just like nonplussed by he's like oh this is fucking dumb you know like doing like the straight manning for the comic it's really fun um, like a fun little meta moment, which totally fits into this, into this short, weird tale. So yeah, he's uh, just walking around. He doesn't see the ghosts, apparently, even though they're like completely surrounding him. You see him like walk through the hand of one of the ghosts. The ghosts are also like all really like fun, crazy shapes and like different colors. And they're like, vibrant colors. yeah, very vibrant, like super colorful and distinct. Each one of them, you have like a fucking bodybuilder ghost and like a rich old man ghost and a little kid dressed like a cowboy ghost and like a horse you got all kinds of crazy ghosts and he's just walking through the you know walking through the house spooks love addicts looks up in the attic doesn't see anything but he's like completely surrounded by them uh wine cellar there's nothing worse than a liquored up poltergeist and then you see a little panel of two like drunk ghosts <laughs> <laughs> well hasn't this been a big waste of time and there's like a full-blown ghost party happening all around him and he's you know he leaves like he's all like begrudgingly leaving the bprd guys are having lunch outside what's the verdict Maybe I scared him off. If there are any ghosts in there, they don't want to mess with me. But he's got like the kick me sign on his back. And the ghosts are all cracking up. They just played a little fun prank on Hellboy. All of those all of those ghosts are like uh, our friend Andrew Stanton. They're fucking rascals. Little rascals. <laughs> Scamps. Uh, yeah. I think I like the design, I think, a lot more than I do the story in this one. Oh, yeah, that's why. I mean, there's not much to the story, I would say, you know, it's just him. You know, it's very, very simple. It's just like a fun excuse to draw all these different crazy shaped ghosts. And I think as like a young teenager, this would have been like very good for me as to be like an introduction to Hellboy. Yeah. <laughs> Josh Brooks says Hellboy versus the 
haunted mansion <laughs> yeah 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 that's what it feels like it's like fun fun little ghosts yeah I'm, I'm i love all the design i think they're great i i'm nitpicky on this one that's the thing it's not i, I it's definitely not my like favorite i mean i you know like i wouldn't hang up like a poster of any of the panels in my house does that make sense? Like, I wouldn't be like... Yeah, totally. I, I think it looks cool and it's fun, but I'm like, all right, cool. Like, Yeah, I, I think my nitpickiness more comes from two two things that seem inconsistent with our our lead character. <laughs> and again, this isn't really nitpicky. Is that, you're right, I think they, they paint him really well as being a curmudgeon, right? And sort of like that. But they also, at the same breath, say this is his first haunting investigation. So I'm like, wait, how did he get, how is he already over the job if this is his first haunting? So that to me was a bother. Maybe he was fighting monsters before. Yeah. I was like, if you've seen this shit before, then I get it. But if you've never been to a haunting, what? (laughs) That seems like day three of BPRD work. Cause I do like the idea of like him. What it would Hellboy be on his first mission? Is he? At first, a little bit like, what the fuck do I do? Am I scared? What uh, what not? That would be more fun. I've never seen that. I think like, I think, um, you know, I think it's like, uh, just to get like improv-y and nerdy, it's like more fun to watch somebody having fun than just like ripping into whatever the thing is for 10 minutes sometimes. Yeah. Like if you're enthusiastic about it, like it's, it's, I I don't know. Like, so I would have been, it would have been cool to see him. Like some somewhere between how curmudgeonly he is in Haunted and how like wide eyed and adorable he is in uh, Midnight Cowboy. Like I want to see somewhere around there. Like I want to see him, you know, at the equivalent of like 20 where he's like, hell yeah, I want to go check out crazy monsters and see what this is. But now I'm like a little stronger and can fight that. Yeah. Like I want to see some middle ground there. Yeah. Cause there's something here to be even more, more explored where maybe it's these goofy ass fucking ghosts. that are the ones that make him like, be like, God, I fucking hate dealing with this shit sometimes. <laughs> like he might be fine going into it. Like right, I'll deal with it. And then like, oh, these fucking prankster ghosts. They're, they're, they're more annoying to me than like a mo- major monster because they're just rascals. <laughs> they're just little rascals. And then uh, what else? What other one? Oh yeah, we got. Um, oh, real quick before family we move story. On, before we move on, I just wanted also my nitpickiness. I'm a nitpicker. Is that I? I'm a little. I mean, I love the joke. I think there's a good joke there about him not seeing them. You know. I like that joke. It's just a little inconsistent for me because Hellboy's a character that I think is so in tune with all that world that I don't understand. I can't figure out why he doesn't pick up on it. So it just feels like almost like the writer didn't fully understand Hellboy other than the fact that he's a paranormal investigator. That's all. Well, I'm going by Casper rules where sometimes ghosts, when they want to be semi-visible, can be. <laughs> And sometimes they're You're invisible. Always living on Casper rules. Should have been excited. Josh says should have been excited, then disappointed at the end of the story when they all hide. Yeah, yeah. Like he goes in being like, like yeah, because I think you could still portray him as not scared, but still like, you know, like you still could have had him react to the BPRD guys like that, where they're like, are you scared? And it's like, yeah, I'm all a flutter. Like he could still act that way, but still be excited to be like. I'm going to check out a ghost and talk to a dead guy. Cause that's weird. It is. It's very weird and fun. 
Uh, this one also reminds me a lot of like the closest thing that makes me think this is Hellboy in, uh, in a Disney movie as well. <laughs> like, especially with all the ghosts, it makes me think of Pixar's uh, Inside Out. Things like that. Yeah. Um, very fun. Good stuff. I like, oh, real quick. I do love his hand. I like the hand design of his right hand of doom in this one. The skinniness of it. It's very different from anything we've seen his right hand of doom designed wise. On the first time you see the big tall ghost uh, behind him, you get a good shot of his right hand of doom. And I like that. I like the design. I think it's cool. Beyond that, I don't know if I have any fa absolute favorites, but you know, it is what it is. It's fine. Like I like the... I don't know. I think I like the agents. They're like weird looking. At first I was like, what the fuck are these guys like? Why is their hair this way? But it's like very fun. Uh, I ended up really coming around to it. I'm with you. It's like there's like a fun in that in this world that you have to be part of the BPRD. You have to be a very eccentric fucking character like to have that interest in the paranormal. <laughs> yeah, you would be like a little bit of a weirdo. <laughs> yeah, it reminds me also uh, in the in the animated movie of that in the, the kooky psychic. <laughs> yeah. On that. That's what it reminds me of. Well, I don't have any other thoughts. If you want to move on to family story, we can. Okay. So, okay. Family story. Here we go. Family story was written by Sarah Ryan, illustrated by Steve Lieber, colored by Steve Lieber, lettered by Jeff Parker, edited by Scott Alley, and was originally published in Hellboy Weird Tales. Number three, June 25th, 2003. This one's weird as shit to me. Like, yeah, everything about it, like the the illustrations are like totally fine. Like, it's very like it's like, you know, it's like competently done. But I don't think I really particularly like the aesthetics of anything in this one. Yeah. And, and then the dialogue is outright weird. It's outright weird. And it's also there's some tonal stuff. This short story is weird as shit. OK, the. The dialogue is like super heightened uh, in these like regular characters. I guess they're supposed to be like somewhat haughty sort of like rich characters. But they talk to yeah. each other the way that they talk to each other like they're just like assholes to each other. Yeah, there's this fucking weird. It's just like we're in a broken home. Like these are two yeah. parents that hate they fucking hate each other. It seems like and then. Lo and behold, we find out that the son sort of hates his parents as well. Yeah, the son is fucked up. The tone, I just think the tone, I, I like we've noticed in our Hellboy stories, there could be some real grounded realness to the Hellboy stories, right? That ground it. But this seems to ground us in really like a sad fucking household. <laughs> it's like almost the last thing I want. Yeah. Yeah, you kind of just watch these parents fight in front of this kid for a while. Hellboy's there to use their library to like borrow a book from their library. But yeah. while he's doing that, the little kid is like, meet me outside later. And then Hellboy's it cuts to Hellboy walking through the graveyard. That's outside of this family's like huge mansion. You see his mom walking into like uh, a mausoleum. Right. And he sneaks, Hellboy sneaks down and sees her having sex with like a spectral figure, this like ghostly figure that's like a naked man. And he's pretty fucking hot. Let's be honest. This guy's fit. A real handsome guy. Hellboy just goes, whoa. I remember I was reading this on the couch with Jess and she was like, 
she was like, let me read it. And she was like reading the dialogue out loud, but I had it on Hoopla. So you could only see like one panel at a time. And yeah. we get to the whoa part where like Hellboy says, whoa. And we both said it too. We were like, whoa, like we just didn't see that coming at all. <laughs> the mom is sneaking down there to get fucked by a ghost. I love it. It is weird as hell. Hellboy like tries to punch the ghost and can't. I do like the like smokiness. Of, like I think that the clouds of like smoke look kind of neat. Mist, yeah, I, narcotic. The, the mist great. like the knocks him out. Quality. Yeah, you know. And she, he's like kind of like getting on the mom about having sex with a ghost and like your kid saw you doing it, so go put him to bed. And then like later on, you see. The husband is going outside to, like, talk to the ghost or something. I truly don't know. Hellboy goes out to fight the ghost again. And the, like, it seems like the dad is also maybe having a sexual relationship with the ghost. That's what I assume. He, like, throws a pot at Hellboy's head to, like, fight him. I truly don't know. I, I didn't know either, but I assumed they both were fucking that ghost. That's my assumption, because, like, it just, I think he, Hellboy says something to that effect later. The parents are fighting, like, meanwhile, the next day, the parents are fighting about how they were having sex with a ghost and cheating on each other or something. The wife goes to make a drink, and she uses the two coins that we saw, like, down in that mausoleum. We saw, like, a corpse with two coins over its eyes. Yeah. And she throws those into into a tumbler to like shake it up and make a drink for him. <laughs> She's poisoning her husband with mat like with spectrum. And then magic. Hellboy says, wash the coins from the corpse's eyes in liquor. Give it to your husband. He'll be blind to your sins. Bulgarian trick. Learned it from a de- from the demon, huh? And then the husband says, should have known making my drinks is her only connubial gesture, which I had to look up and it just means like married to. Like it's like a, it's like having to do with being married to the person. I'm like, why do they talk like this? I, it's insane. And he's so, you, you just have this tone, this tone with him, the entire story. He's clearly a misogynist. <laughs> He's, I mean, they're just like, they're, they're, they're so like Frasery in their language. It's just like needlessly opulent, crazy language. Like I guess we just haven't really seen a character like this in Hellboy. So it's like a little jarring to hear someone speak in such a heightened tone. Who's not like Rasputin. Yeah. And they're heightened as well as though they're like modern. Cause their son is playing is clearly a very modern kid. He has modern tools. Right. They they still they they see it's just it's in it's in balance in a sense. Yeah, it's it's just weird. And then so the next night, oh, uh, meanwhile the little kid's toy, the like foot gets broken, and by now you can probably you know a reader can probably see that the ghost and the toy are the exact same color, and the kid has been like playing with these like demonology books and stuff so so later that night hellboy goes out stabs the demon slash ghost in the chest so much for you buddy wait i didn't do that he like notices that the foot of the demon is fucked up because of course we saw the foot of the toy get fucked up so you know so he pulls off his mask that he was wearing for oh because the mist is like knocks him out yeah they call it mist narcotic really silly and so he pulls that off. He says, oh, piglet, like he's going to go like get the kid in trouble, bust into the kid's room. The kid's trying to find a little Hellboy toy that he like made somehow. Hellboy stops him. Wouldn't have worked anyway. And neither will sending your familiar after me. And he stomps on the kid's cat. He doesn't stop. He fucking smashes it. 
He smashes the cat into the floorboards. And the kid goes, he's just a cat. And Hellboy just goes, huh, sorry. I'm telling, me too. Like, he just, like, fucking murders this cat, dude. Which, like, you know... If you're big into the movie, this is a antith- it's like the antithesis of everything that Hellboy stands for in the movie. He loves cats. Regardless of the movie, it's against Hellboy. Why would Hellboy just smash a fucking cat? Even if he was Even if he thought it was a familiar. Yeah, he like, like gives he monsters it. the benefit of the doubt. Ugh. I was like, "What the fuck is this comic?" And then he goes confronts the parents, lets them know like, "Oh, the little kid's been playing with dolls and has been controlling you guys and You know, and then the parents just start screaming at each other and Hellboy walks out the door. And the last panel is the only decent member of that family is all over my foot. My jaw dropped at the end. I was like, this is like for what? You know, like, why? Definitely my least favorite of the three we've read. Like, I was like, this is just fucking the tone of it is so crazy. Yeah, it's probably my least favorite Hellboy thing I've ever read. <laughs> Maybe. Including that weird toy one, too. Yeah, they're up there. They're like, remember that very, shit? I would rather read that sh- crazy, bad monster toy one. <laughs> At least it, like, made, I don't know, like, it It, it, it worked in a, in a way better than whatever is happening in this one. Yeah, this one was very, con- I agree with you, it's very confusing. And like, and I just, I guess in Hellboy, we have more resolve in our storylines a lot, whether that, even if that doesn't mean he's completely the winning or on top of the end, but he's like at least gotten, I don't know. There's more resolve. And this one just feels like, great. We're just left with this shitty family stuck together. And I'm like, huh? (laughs) I was trying to look up the writer because Steve Lieberman didn't write it. I mean, he did. He co-wrote it. Sorry, my apologies. Sarah Ryan. He's pretty well known in the comic book world. I'm not very familiar with, with Sarah Ryan. Yeah, I don't know, man. Josh says, don't think I've read that story. And thankfully so by the sounds of it. It's like, I mean, the weird tales are definitely like a lot of them are really cool and worth checking out. Um, but yeah, some of them are just like, you kind of just read it and you're like, yeah, I get why that's not canon. Totally. Maybe they just tried to put a little too much into a short story and then it just gets lost here. Yeah. I feel like she just wanted to tell a a different story or something. And, uh, I don't know. Quick. Thank you. Uh, Hugo Orama. Hi. He says, hi, I really like your podcast. Hi. Or them. Um, thank you. Appreciate that. Thank you. Hell yeah. I guess. I mean. I don't know if I have a favorite panel in this one. I have a least favorite panel. <laughs> What's that where he stomps on the cat? I think it's more of the aftermath one where he we see the smashed cat on the bottom of his hoof. Fucking crazy. Yeah, that's fucking gross. Like little bones sticking out. Yeah. Ugh. And just the fact that Hellboy, I'm not going to be able to get over it. The fact that they wrote Hellboy to not give a shit about an animal. And that's so against him. Going back to the very first, first storyline where he fights a dog monster, he cares about that thing. Yeah, he doesn't want to have to kill it. I just have to say, they're wrong. And right, just odd. Totally, they're so off. It's off, man. Miss the mark. And uh, what a horrible family. We should write our own weird tale. Oh, that'd be fun. Should we yeah, write our own, our own weird tales during this? Like a five-page like little something. Great. You know, I'm going to offer that to anybody out there. Write your own weird tale. Send it to us. We're not going to like verbatim read it, but we'll, if you write a weird tale, can only be five pages, whatever, and you send it to us, we'll talk about it on the podcast. Hell yeah. I love that idea. 
Yeah, I, I just want to yeah, move man. on it from was, fucking yeah. family story. I just want to erase it from... It's all good. Yeah, that's yeah, that. I don't know what else to say on that They were one. still really fun. I think we all agree that Midnight Cowboy was our favorite. Yeah, I think so, yeah, of those three. I did like Haunted, too. So that's what we're going to cover today. That's it for this episode in, in regards to Hellboy material. Those three weird tales. <laughs> I want to open it up to see if anybody has any comments or questions they want to ask us on here. But before I do so, I said I had an email that I was pocketing, but because the man himself, Kevin Hines, popped in and on the feed, um, I want to share his email he sent us after our episode with him. We did an episode with him covering uh, Garden of Souls, and at that time, he had not seen the 2019 Hellboy movie, but he emailed us, and this email is pretty funny. Oh, man. His take on after watching Hellboy 2019. There's a big long comment on there. If you could keep that, let's uh, let's try to get up whatever that says. Do you see it? Oh, yeah. Do you want me to read it right now? Yeah, go ahead. Let's. I'll get to Heinz in one second. Read what he's got there. Josh says, uh, Josh says, a weird tale about two people who do a podcast about weird stuff in the world, e.g. ghosts and stuff, and get sent a haunted item to feature on the show, and Hellboy has to investigate when shit gets crazy. Hell yeah. That's pretty great. Write it up, Josh. Write it. Great That's pitch. your outline. Great pitch. Very pandering pitch, but I love it. I like it. Okay, so this, this is the email Kevin sent, and it's very fun. Uh, it was titled, I Finally Saw the Hellboy Movie. He says, hey, Kevin Hines writing to you via your podcast email instead of your personal email. Great. That's where we want it. <laughs> Over the last couple of nights, I watched Hellboy. Downloading your episode now to learn your thoughts, but it's almost two hours long, so I'm going to give you my thoughts now. Understandable. But listen to what you think. So yeah, you don't need to listen to us. Kevin, you're a smart man. Uh, he says, first. Don't want us to taint your opinion. <laughs> First, as a fan of the comic, he says, I love Ian McShane, but he was terribly miscast in this movie. That doesn't matter a ton, as they're clearly they miswrite the character. Even beyond him being alive, I can forgive that. Making him a badass, cursing, tough guy feels so wrong. Also, they play up his being Hellboy's adoptive father so hard, and yet it barely matters in the film? Weird. It all feels so different. Harbor's Hellboy is so quippy that it drove me crazy. He's less blue-collar superhero and more Tony Stark the demon. I love that. Because um, I think he's right. And we've talked about that. He's also like Deadpool. The plot, as you warned me, has so much going on. Cool, we get to see Baba Yaga, but what is the point? Damio's Jaguar thing is treated like a power, I'm not surprised, but also doesn't really pay off. It's a distraction to help Hellboy win a fight? Yeah, I agree. It barely gets used. This movie would be unchanged if he didn't have that power. I agree. It wouldn't be any different. By the end, I was just bored. That's what he says. He was just bored. And then he says, in his second part of this, is he says, trying to pretend I never read a comic. <laughs> That's his response, trying to pretend he's never read a Hellboy comic. He says, first half felt like every scene was filled with exposition. Too much. I think the final scene, where they're kicking butt and discover Abe is what they think the whole movie is. So that very last shoot him out, the movie thinks that that's what it is. Like some cool monster hunting Avengers film. 
but nothing prior to that film, that scene has that feel at all. It also doesn't feel like a gathering of heroes so much as Hellboy meets a couple people. BPRD has no real army or soldiers other than Hellboy, as far as I can tell. Special effects were good, I guess. <laughs> Mostly, I can't ha- get past how wrong for the film Ian McShane was and how dumb Hellboy's daddy issue plot played out. So that's Kevin Hines' initial thoughts. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. Um, especially hitting on, like, that made me really clear on, like, I feel like that final scene with Abe, Abe Sabian and that, um, at the shoot him out really violent scene, it almost felt like a reshoot or attack on. It didn't feel like it was part of the original production. That's what I, my guess. My, my, my fiance came running into the room wanting us to continue to ask about this. If, she, if people thought, um, there was sexual tension between Alice and uh, Daimyo. <laughs> Gross. Oh, uh, real quick though, people could chime in on that. Kevin quickly emailed two more times in addition to that, which was I thought funny. He said, "I wish I wrote that email in less of a vomit of ideas type style." <laughs> oh, whatever. Yeah, I just think it's fun for him to call that out. That's the only response you can have after watching the movie. Then he says in his third email, "Listen to your episode review of this now." when we talked about it and he says, I wonder if the effects looked better on the small screen. I sat across the room from than in the big room as the CGI monsters looked fine to me, but also maybe I wasn't paying full attention because I missed crazy things like Emily's parents in urns being an offhanded comment. Anyway, this movie was bad and we all agree. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The urn part is so silly. But yeah, I think the special effects, it might look less terrible on a small screen. Oh, yeah. But really fun email. I bet like Graugak looks good. I just, yeah, I agree. I think, yeah, I, yeah, I, same. I really like Ian McShane, but he's not Trevor Broom to me. I, and it's him as well as the writing. They just did not understand who Trevor Broom was. I think you could have directed Ian McShane to be to play it a little kinder or something too. I think there was just like, you know, just collectively they came up with something that was just like each element was a little off. And when it was all together, it just like really felt weird. I agree a hundred percent. And I, I think it would have been nice to see Ian McShane as an actor play that because I think he is sort of, he has his own career of sort of being that harsher sort of character, even in the comedy. Um, what's the Adam, um, Andy Sandberg comedy that I love that he's in. He plays the dad. Hot Rod? Hot Rod, yeah. Ian McShane is the dad. And he's even rough in that. And if that's a fr- and like, so it'd be great to see, it would have been great to see have him. Have you seen him? Have you seen his episode of um, Game of Thrones? Oh, I can't remember him. In he's that. in like oh, one, maybe two episodes of Game of Thrones. Totally forgot. But he does that. He plays like a more nuanced, like kind of calmer character. He's like sort of giving hope to the hound. Like the hound has sort of like wandered off and tried to like escape his life of murdering and killing oh, for a right. second. He's in the little village of, yes. Yeah, in that little yes. village. Yeah, that's Ian McShane. And he's like, you could totally do that. You could do that here. Stay with us and help us. And then the fucking village gets murdered. But yeah. um, Real quick, um, sci-fi uh, uh, models and stuff. 
They said that, that John Hurt is the best uh, broom. Professor Broom, agree. Nobody has topped it. I think they could do it again if they ever remade it. And then also, uh, Josh said he agrees. We all agree. Yeah, but we're wrapping up, Kate, I think, right now. Sounds good, yeah. I just want to say to all our our listeners, watchers out there, uh, we want to hear from you. Um, you can email us directly at awcrapahellboypodcast at gmail.com. Awcrapahellboypodcast at gmail.com. But yeah, we want to hear from all of you out there. Please reach out to us. It helps us get through this quarantine um, and crazy world we're in uh, along with you. Uh, as well as you can follow our Instagram, of course, at Podcast, Twitter, Hellboy. Josh says, the great, great stream, guys. Hopefully back to normal for all of us soon. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be soon, but I'm hopeful as well, Josh. Yeah. But we're going to, I don't know if we'll go live every time, uh, but we will, we're going to get back into the swing of me and Kate recording remotely um, going forward. Our hope is that we'll only record Weird Tales remotely and then hopefully when we get back into Darkness Calls, which is our next major storyline, hopefully we'll be in the same room together. But again, there's no guarantee of that at this point. I just think weird times call for weird tales. Yeah, we'll see. And go on to Apple Podcasts, please, all of you out there, and rate and review us. Give us a five-star um, rating with a review. That will bring more listeners to us. We really appreciate that. This has been really fun. I'm glad we made this work, Kate. Yeah. I'm glad that we had some people on here with us. Thank you all out there for popping on with us live. Thank you for listening. And for all of you that are here live and also listening to this next Wednesday. Always remember, (laughs) we love you. I got um, distracted while saying that email because um, my fiance has asked, do you like rent? (laughs) I think she knows my thoughts about rent. So you can, I think you need a rent freeze. Well, we need a rent freeze, but she's asking about the musical. I'm just going to say. I know. No, I'm saying of the movies, too. (laughs) (laughs) She uh, she laughed from the bedroom about that. Okay, Okay, good. (laughs) (laughs) Sci-fi models and stuff says, oh, crap, a rent podcast. Oh, wow. That wasn't even a pitch from from Beth. We'll have to maybe we'll do an episode and bring Beth on. Here's a pitch. Let's bring Beth on and have her cast the musical rent with characters from Hellboy. She literally yelled from the bedroom. No. Hear ye, hear ye. Aw, crap. A Hellboy podcast listeners. Are you ready for a promo? Let's do yoga. Let's get fit. Hi, I'm Nick. And I'm Muriel. And we're the hosts of Hella in in Your your 30s. 30s. A podcast about a cool couple trying to do adult stuff. So each week we invite you to join us as we try to learn things we should probably already know. Like, how does a stock market work? Can we install that bidet? Why are all of our houseplants dying? This is a podcast for people of all ages. Because remember... Age ain't nothing but a number. But being Hella in Your 30s is a state of mind. So tomorrow's a new day. Let's order pizza. Campfire.